This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. And back to winning ways, it sounds good to say that. Uh, We all expected a very easy 3-1 win over Swansea before uh, we went into that game. I'm sure we all did. Um, Obviously, I say that with tongue-in-cheek. Now, it wouldn't be a Stoke City podcast without a man so famous that they named water after him. It's Mr. Dan Buxton. Hi, mate. You okay? Yes, just counting the bottles of it in my fridge, you know. (laughs) That's one hell of an intro, don't you think? <laughs> I do. The kids once said to me, you know, one of the girls was a picture, that's my name on there. <laughs> yes. Mate, I've got Stockley Sweets. I've got that every time I go in the sweet shop in Trentham, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how's your week been anyway? You've been off all week, skiving, I believe. I have. I have indeed. Um, which you would think would give me more opportunity to prepare and for this wonderful hour and a half that we spend chatting wouldn't you but no <laughs> <laughs> well we uh, we don't really need much preparing for talking about Swansea so best place to start is straight in at the deep end so yeah like I said it was very tongue-in-cheek that intro but uh we weren't expecting a 3-1 win I don't think now we couldn't have really got off to a worse start could we I mean what one nil down within was it a minute and a half maybe slightly under two minutes uh, it was pretty poor yeah. defending. I mean, Wilmot completely misjudged his header, didn't he? And I mean, it, it really couldn't have got out off to a worse start. No, definitely not. I mean, like I say, it was definitely the, the second minute, wasn't it? However, whatever time exactly it was, it was, I'd say, within two minutes, we're 1 0 down and we're thinking, here we go, there's that first goal that was so <laughs> vital. <laughs> here we Every, go. Yeah. yeah. That's a long way to travel to. Have the match end within 120 seconds. <laughs> you know that was the exact first thought that I had was, oh, those poor fans. I, I just because we know how the story normally goes, and there's nothing really to indicate that we ever thought we were going to pull that back. Um, but you know, as soon as I don't know if you noticed it, I, I, looking back at the game afterwards about this, as soon as they got their first goal kick, they they gave it away cheaply, and it was almost like. The players smelt blood. Now, I don't know whether we were always going to press like we did, but it was non-stop relentless pressing. They gave the ball away. It was like, right, okay, they're actually not very good at doing this. Let's try and exploit it. So whether that's a player's decision on the pitch, whether that was a tactical thing from Alex Neal, um, but they did not stop chasing down 
all game. And that is what got us back on level terms. You know, I know we obviously had the corner and bits like that scrappy, but still we forced the issue. And I mean, I said the other day, Dan, that we needed to capitalize on, on set pieces. I, I, that was one of their weak spots. Um, and yeah, I mean, to hit back with a corner, corner even though it was a scramble, uh, still good to see uh, good to see another goal by Josh Leron. Yeah, the, uh, he certainly took to the captain's armband, didn't he? Um, I say just right place, right time. Um, right, I was going to mention it on XG in a bit, maybe, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to see what his XG was there, yard out. <laughs> well, I say typical, typical of us, aren't I mean, we, we made hard work of that, didn't we? I say a bit of a scramble with like three or four shots from like inside the six yard box. Like, we, this ball will go in. <laughs> I swear he blocked, uh, blocked a. He, he blocked a Dwight Gale shot. I'm pretty sure he did on the line. And you look back at it. And Gale got one off his bum. That was all around shot, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Gale, you know what? He, he come in for a bit of stick uh, after the game. And that guy, yes, he hasn't scored. There was a pullback that he should have scored. But he worked his backside off. And I, I know I've always said the minimum you expect is effort. But that guy did not stop running for every minute he was on that pitch. So you can't fault him for, for his, his work rate. A lot of people will turn around and they've got a point to say he's there to score goals, he should score goals. But while we've got no other options down that left-hand side in terms of you know clear left-hand side strikers or attacking midfielders or inverted wingers, whatever you want to call them, um, he probably is undroppable because of what he does offer, would you say? Yeah, so currently as well. I mean, since obviously Liam Delap sort of left the club, there there really isn't another option. I mean, obviously we saw Nathan Lowe come on and give us a, a, an exciting five minutes. Um, but to from to judge that seventeen-year-old as real ready, I mean, I know both of us actually put him in a team against Swansea, didn't we, before the game? Um, both of us, you know, said said he should be playing, but like I say on reflection, you just wonder. You know, could you do you see Nathan Lowe doing what Dwight Gale did on on um, Tuesday night? You know, at this age, at this point in his in his career, you know, are you can you expect him to go out and give you that kind of performance? And yeah, there wasn't a goal at the end of it, and there possibly should have been you know one one or two at least. But like I say, just the work rate and the, the you getting in there and getting the physicality of it, and and just knowing where. You know where to press, how to press, and forcing mistakes. It was it was a very intelligent performance again. So, yeah, at the minute he hasn't really got much competition for his place, but <laughs> he's he's holding on. He's holding on to that shit. He's keeping them kids out of it. <laughs> he is. I, I think he himself knows that. Um, you know, you know what? I don't think not scoring is weighing on his mind. I think. If it was, you'd expect him to be going missing in games, and he, he clearly isn't. So, yeah, for me, decent game. Uh, we'll get on to the man of the match in a bit. I think I vote. Must admit, I think I voted for about five people on the, the man of the match this week, and I'm pretty confident he was one of them, um, just for his work rate. But um, let's kind of move on to the second goal. So it came from obviously from a, a misplaced pass from the goal kick. Is exactly what we were talking about. The pressure that you know Brown was putting on. Uh, you know, the, the, there was pressure from all over the, the front line, to be honest, and that's what made them pass into the midfield. And the pressure from the midfield forced that on. Um, so 
again, what I've noticed, and you've probably noticed yourself, teams who are trying to play, let's call it the Man City way, because Man City are great at it. You know, they're, they're very good in terms of those like triangles and, and you know, they're experts at it because of the level of class. The problem for me when teams try and do it in the championship is they are not good enough at it at all. Now, we've tried it once or twice, and I think we got punished last season for it. Um, we don't do it so much anymore, but if you're no good at it, don't do it. They did not learn their lesson. And, you know, well, playing stupid, quite frankly. Tyrese did some really good work down the left, pulled it back, obviously, for Josh, who nails it into the top round corner. Nice side footer. Um, again, if you look back, and if anyone is going to look back at the actual highlights, just have a look at how many people are in that box. So even if Josh doesn't get it, I mean, he's positioned himself perfectly. There are four, or well, there's five players in total in that box if you watch it back, and all of them are there ready to to, to pounce um, on the attempt. How many times this season would you say that when we've got forward, we've had four or five attacking players in that box? I can't remember many. No, we definitely seem to be a bit of a shift there, didn't they? And maybe is that Ben Pearson? Obviously, wow. Um, is because he's there, you know, does that then enable the, the other two midfielders to join the, the three forwards in getting forward? Um, a bit like, I've got this covered back here, lads. You go up there and enjoy yourselves. I've got the dirty work covered. You don't need to stick around here. <laughs> you know, a bit like that kind of situation, I think. Could could be something in that to myself. It, yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, Pearson, um, again... He, he he was pretty solid, wasn't he? Uh, you know, a few a few kind of cutting out passes. I think he just had a really solid game where he didn't really do too much wrong, too much right. I think he was just he was there. He was cutting stuff out. Again, as you said, it's kind of that um, inverted kind of if that's the right word. You know, pressure and presence that he brings to things. Uh, it's no, it's probably no surprise that the midfield is looking confident, looking to get forward because they know they've got a man there who's just going to sit there and, and sweep everything up. And he isn't interested in attacking. He's not, he's got no interest at all. And that is probably what's bringing the likes of Smallbone out of his shell. I mean, he's been getting better and better every single match. And once again, Smallbone was brilliant. I'm sure he'd be high up on that man of the match stakes, Dan, but we've talked about him a lot in the last few weeks and I'm not going to go into war and peace on it again, but he was all over the pitch for me, covering every blade of grass, which is, I think, an Alex Neal line that, but still he is. You know, he's... I can't believe how, how quickly that guy has not only got up to speed, but he's now making himself undroppable, something I wouldn't have said about him a couple of months ago. No, he's um, Alex Neal loving him as well, and uh, you know he he's taking every opportunity to praise him up currently. So he made an interesting point as well, and I know we've sort of said, haven't we, a couple of times that this is his first real season, just because he's a little bit older. Um, I think it was his birthday one time on Tuesday, if I'm right. Yeah. Was he tw- yeah. 22, 23? Um, and obviously, because he is that little bit older, you sort of expect more from him. But actually, when it comes to actually learning the game and, and experience and playing it, this is the first season he's had where in, in you know professional men's football, and that obviously it takes time to settle down. And Alex Neal said something that re- resonated with me. He said, "If he'd come through the academy here and 
was playing the football. He came in and in his first season was playing the football that he had played and progressing the way he has done. He says, everyone would be raving about him. So true. Because he's gone from somewhere else and because he's a little bit older, everyone's thinking, everyone's sort of expecting him to be levels above and it's just automatically started at those levels. Whereas actually he's had to sort of gain a bit of experience and work his way up to where I think now we're starting to see the the benefit of of having him in, in in the squad. Like I said, I think we've we've gone through the rough let's not be let's not be too out of the bush. We've gone through rough times earlier on in the season with him. Um where maybe the effort was there, but like I say, maybe his in-game intelligence wasn't always there. Uh, picking the right pass and, and stuff like that. And, but it's definitely he's learned quite quickly and yeah, at the minute, like I say he's he's undroppable. Um, I know you you wouldn't probably anyway, but a fit Nick Powell wouldn't displace him in that attacking midfield place at the minute. Well, no, I mean, who? Let's be honest as well. Who's thought about Nick Powell recently? I haven't. That's it, isn't it? That's it, isn't it? When you win it, well, when you when you've got somebody playing well and that, you, you don't you don't think about the injured players. I have you know, last few weeks. I mean, tomorrow we've not been in a bad run of form at the minute, have we? I mean, what we've fallen, beaten at home. Um, We've you know, we've won away there as well at Swansea. So, you know, in the line of the past, say, six weeks in there, I mean, it helped by a couple of FA Cup wins against lower league opposition. I think we've actually had quite a decent run. And like I said, I've not been checking to see, oh, yeah, look how many players we've got out injured. Because you're sort of not looking for it, are you? You're not interested no. in that. I'm quite happy with the team that are out there. And on a whole, they're producing the goods. I mean, obviously, you get the odd blip still because we're stoked and we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? <laughs> oh no, no, we can't have it too easy. Yeah, you know, you chuck a Blackpool resource in there every now and again, don't you? Just to just to keep your feet on the ground, you know, don't get carried away, lads. <laughs> I mean, would would you be signing Smallbone permanently, or do you think it's a little bit too soon? Personally, I think it's a bit too soon. We need to see a the rest of the season consistency from him because I can't imagine he's going to be very cheap from Southampton. Well, yeah, because I don't think he's. I mean, I don't know what his, what's his contract status at the end of the season. I think is he is he out? Is he one of those loanees that's out of contract come come the summer? Um, I'll have a quick look. June the thirtieth, twenty twenty four. So he won't be far away, but there'll still be a transfer fee to pay. Yeah, and you wouldn't imagine that there will be a. I think the thing with Southampton is they currently. We're in the bottom three in the Premier League. Yeah. And, um, after Agent Jones's spell in charge <laughs> is uh, in disarray, aren't they? So they could well be in the Championship next year, and that that may be they may look at Will Smallbone if they're a Championship club very differently to looking at Will Smallbone if they're in the Premier League. Of course, yeah, of course. But they might want him themselves, and then we're watching him score two goals against us at the three six five next year. Yeah, and then that, yeah. that then goes hand in hand with Alex Neal's comments on loanies in January, isn't he, where he said, "Why would you want to bring a player in just to make them a make them a better player so they can go back to their parent club, and then they may reap the benefits of that deal?" Because you, you, as a football club, you don't win in that sense. What you want to be doing is nurturing your own players and developing and, and bringing your own players in. And if you do get low knees, it's players that you um, look at and think, oh, you know, wow, we've done well, get him in. 
which I think he, which I think if you look at the players he did sign, Twanzebe, Pearson, um, probably even Hoover, if you look at his, you know, how, not so much right now, but earlier on in his career, you know, how, how well he was sort of, you know, one of the youngest players to ever play for Liverpool, etc. Yeah, and you, you you know you mentioned Hoover. Uh, we won't go through every single player because they, no one had a bad game. Let's be honest. Um, but you know Hoover had a great a great run. He was on the left. He was on the right. He was again a couple of decent crosses. Wilmot should have scored from a header from one of the absolutely brilliant cross. Um, the, he he was pretty solid. Obviously, Lewis Baker came on um, to to grab the third goal. A really good break. I mean, Jacob Brown was on his arse, mate. He he really was. Like he was trying his best, and you could see that he was shattered. But he still managed to get up there. Obviously, Bakes was um, feeling quite fresh, and obviously hits the shot that, to be honest, the goalkeeper should never have let in. It's somehow gone through his hands. So I don't know what the hell's happened there, but we'll take it. And we would have won anyway. They, they really weren't going to score that night. So um, good to see Baker on on the, the the score sheet because he's had a he's had a rough season, Anty. Yeah, he's, he's. I mean, he's one of those. I think he's had to rein in his game to cover other deficiencies in midfield a lot of the time, aren't they? Yeah. And that goes down, probably goes back to what we said about Will Smallbone at the start of the season. He wasn't producing whilst he wasn't um, producing the goods in an attacking sense or or really getting involved. He was sort of learning his, you know, learning his trade. And and I think Lewis had to sort of, like I say, stop doing the things that he was good at to sort of marshal you know, the midfield through the game in his role as, as captain. Um He's not going to be happy sitting on the bench for too long, though, is he? I mean, has he scored like three goals off the bench in the past month, coming on for like five, ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, he's he's been doing come off the, better off the bench, but he's not been celebrating his goals, has he? I mean, I think that's a little um, that's a little. Well, he did. In fairness, so he did against Swansea a bit, you know, bit of cheering and happiness for, to the fans. But previous goals, I think people have noticed he's not been celebrating. Whether that's a message, whether that's just him. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to hard to call. I mean, he's the the only man who really knows is obviously the player himself. But you know, you you are you are right. He's 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 not going to take it forever. The problem we have got at the minute is we've got a lot of riches in that midfield. Uh, they're no will beaters, but we've got a Pearson who's never going to be dropped while he's fit. Um, Smallbones bossing it. Loren is bossing it, and we only play three three man midfield. So. There is no place for another midfielder, no matter how good he is. You can't drop any of them three, can you? No, but that, that's it at the minute, isn't it? I mean, whilst they're playing well, whilst we're playing well and, and winning winning more games than we're losing, as we currently are, um, the manager's probably got good justification to say, yeah, you know, you just have to wait your time and be patient. Um, the real sort of crux of it all will, crux of it all will come um, when we have a better, you know, a, three or four games out to win or, you know, somebody's looks like they're out of form for four, five, six games. Is, is he still on the bench at that point? Um, I don't think he is. It doesn't strike me as Alex Neal's, like, given up on him at all. Right? Oh, no. He's still trusting him to go on and see out games and, and that. And um, I think he's just, he's just one of the pros. He's obviously he's come to Stoke after a career that's, 
been, you know, probably more stop start than than any in history. Let's be honest, with how many loan spells he's had, it feels that way. Any for him, done it anyway, and he's yeah. probably like they come here thinking, you know, I, he's going to be signed a long term deal. Um, they give him an extended contract. They give him the captain's armband. So, you know, this is home now for him, and he's probably thinking, you know, I can maybe even see out my career here, and and you know, finally become. You know, I, I settled down and and see the best of Lewis Baker, and and less than twelve months later, he's now thinking, oh, I'm out of the team. I've gone from being captain and flying and all that. And I think maybe sometimes if it is that he's that he's um, been covering for other players, like say Josh Loren, I think he made a massive difference when he was fit at the start of the season with him to when he wasn't. You know, and he's had Johnson coming in, Powell coming in. A small bone coming in and that. So, and he's having to work around that. And like I say, Taylor is game to others. And then at the end of it all, because his form's dropped because of that, he then ends up being the fall guy. I think he's also possibly feels a bit sort of, well, you know, I, I'm the one who sacrificed my game for other people. And now I'm the one who's out the team because, mm. because my form's not been good for that reason. Um, yeah. Do you, yeah, know what I mean? yeah. like, you can feel a bit sort of a bit down for yourself, can't you? A bit like, oh, well, that's what it's that well for me, isn't it? <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see whether he's the captain next season because I, th- I think you mentioned this to me that either privately or you, you did it online, I can't remember, but um, about the fact that Pearson probably will be captain. It wouldn't surprise me in any way, shape or form if Pearson is captain. I think he's that type of Alex Neil man. He'll, he'll thrive on that. He'll kick players off the pitch. I think he's not a bad man to have a, as, as a captain, to be honest. So I think it'd be interesting to see what happens in the summer around that. Uh, that will say not a lot for Lewis Baker's future, but um, I think people have said since he got the armband, he, was, he, he wasn't the same player and... Maybe there's a factor there. Um, but kind of moving on to to, to Sarkic, Dan, um, he was again, he's probably, his career was Stokes. I think Ropey might be a bit harsh. Uh, there was a couple of maybe decisions he should have made a little bit better, but he really is now, I think, for me, coming into his own. He's, you know, he's dominating his box. He's coming for long balls, as Fox found out to his uh, own detriment. Um, for me, he's, he's using a lot of confidence He's made some solid saves. Um, I mean, let's let's hope he carries on because I think he is one that's out out of contract at the end of the season, if I remember rightly. Uh, along uh, with, no, um, is he not? He's, no, he signed a three-year contract at Wolves in this last summer. Oh, did he? Right. Okay, I'm not sure. What I'm thinking of then. Think of somebody else. But how? However, they have signed another goalkeeper, haven't they? So, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we may have to pay for him. But he could he could well be available. Um, yeah, he won't be expensive. I mean, it's it's it, yeah. The, the, they've not got a need for him if they've signed another goalkeeper, so he shouldn't be an expensive transfer. But again, he's someone who's still got to prove himself. He's having a good time. Um, he's certainly an a, an improvement on Bonham. Uh, no one's ever seen Fielding, so we don't even know if he's alive still. But you know, again, he's an improvement. In the summer, we're still going to need. A, Maybe two goalkeepers again. Um, maybe we'll keep Bonham. I think the point is made in the um, in the Sentinel this week the today that we don't actually have a goalkeeper contracted for next season. Bonham's out of contract. Fielding's out of contract. Obviously, Joe Bursic's left the club. Um, 
even I'd say even Blondie's out of contract. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and then obviously Circuit is loan end. So Alex Neal there has got a real opportunity to sort of like I say mould that goalkeeping department exactly how he likes it, how he wants it. Yeah, you can guarantee that Sarkic will be part of that, hence the reason they wanted to sign him in the first place. So, okay, good. Um, Man of the Match, Dan, I'd say I haven't actually seen Man of the Match uh, poll results. I I will hold my hands up and say that I did vote five times. Um, but that's because I there's, to give it to one person, I think is really unfair on this one. But go on, go for it, enlighten us. So Josh Loran, 54% of the vote. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, Will Swalbo was second with 16%, and Circuit was third with 12%. Um, there was, after that, you're looking at Hoover and Campbell were next. Um, but yeah, we we had Lennon Derby put mid table question mark. I wonder, I wonder if that's like a feeling from Lennon there to think, could we, could we get into that, that beautiful space? Uh, space where it's like mid-table obscurity and we haven't got to worry about going down <laughs> yeah you know, yeah no fair enough you, you did actually um i think you made that comment anyway what, what were two points from mid-table or two top half rather two points from the top half and obviously because bill waller in in the uh the, in the playoffs that's in fifth at the minute if we do win on saturday then we'll uh we'll go we'll be seven points off the playoffs Oh, but de- please don't start that. Uh, uh, we're not allowed confidence. We're not allowed to well, be happy. Well, we are not, because Andrew Nixon says in big capital letters, we are still SH1T. <laughs> yeah, well, is, that, that is his poll edition, which I believe you questioned. Well, I, don't believe I can see it right here. You questioned, and he uh, nearly doubled down on it, didn't he? He said, nope, you're right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I said to him, I said, I take it that was tongue-in-cheek because you can't be serious. Um, and, yeah, I'm, no one was saying that we're world-class, and I think you you replied to that. Well, no one was saying we were world-class, Andrew. It was more the fact that let's just enjoy this game because the man of the match poll is for this game, not for last game, not for the next one. It was for that particular moment. So that's what we were trying to get at. So, yeah, that's why I questioned your, your opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean you're right, but... I'm going to call it out if I think it's a ridiculous comment, and I think it was. So, <laughs> fair enough. But, yeah, I think there was, there was a number of other comments as well, weren't there, Dan? I'll, um, I'll call them out since I'm looking at them. But I think Craig Wally said he, he's gone for the keeper. Not Again, not surprising. Uh, John Oldfield said Campbell proving his worth again. The more doubters line up, the more he knocks them down. Uh, Connor Foster said, thank Christ for that. I think I can be only one man, which was Mr. Loren. Paul Gallagher said uh, a tough one today is the old dug deep. So he's sitting on that on that proverbial fence, uh, Paul. So fair enough. Um, Paul Gallagher. Oh, oh, no, he's commented again. Uh, thought Will Mott had a fab game. Mark Hollison said tough pick, uh, but small bone deserved his recognition at the end. And the last one was uh, from Lewis Pufferman. So it's Sarkic, small bone and Will Mott, all fantastic today. Glad people are starting to give small bone some credit, which if he's listening, then he will see we've just done an awful lot of that. Yeah, so I think that pretty much covers this one's again, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I reckon so. 
Okay, cool. So looking to uh, the news, there's not really any news to talk about. I mean, we've done what three pa- three pods in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been treating you to a Monday pod, Friday pod, Monday pod, Friday pod. So uh, no news to speak of. But Dan, you do have an update on the youth and the women's setup, mate. Do so. Uh, so yes, the it's not been a very a good week. I mean, obviously last weekend was the first team lost at Blackpool, and that sort of went straight through every side. <laughs> so the under-18s lost last Saturday 3-0 at Manchester City, which is no, um, you know, nothing to, to get too upset about, to be honest. They've got a 44-plus goal difference in 17 games this season, Manchester City. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at that level, I think you know, they're, they're buying a lot of young talent in and developing a lot of young talent uh, with the great facilities that they've obviously you know got there that. Uh, the Atty had, uh, but yeah, that was like I say three 0 We we lost there the under 18s, um, and this week the under 18s take on Middlesbrough at home. So it's a twelve thirty kickoff on Saturday at Clayton Wood, uh, but yeah, Middlesbrough at home this week. Uh, the under 17s, by the way, they lost one 0 to Nottingham Forest in the League Cup uh, quarterfinals this week. So they were without uh, obviously the injured Emre Tesgal. And Nathan Lowe was on duty with the first team, so he didn't play either. Um, so yeah, but so because neither of them played, obviously it's it's going to hamper the the firepower within the under seventeen setup, and it. So yeah, they've uh, they've lost in that uh, League Cup quarter final. Uh, the under twenty ones they lost two one at home to Middlesbrough uh, last week. So Sonny Singh gave us the lead early on. Uh, but goals either side of half time turned the game round and gave Middlesbrough the three points. This week we uh, welcome Newcastle. So Friday, so the day this pod's been released, Friday, seven pm. Uh, we've got a home game with Newcastle under twenty ones, another league game there. So let's hope we can get a get a win at under twenty ones, which uh, we haven't had too many of them this season, have we? We've got quite a youthful side in there, so hopefully we can get a win. Uh, the women, they also lost last Sunday, so they lost 2-1 at home to Derby. So Kelsey Richardson opened the scoring, but again, uh, same story as under 21s, two late goals have changed that game around. However, the, the the women did go to Wolves in midweek, so on Wednesday night we went away at Wolves, who are flying high in the top three in the division, and we came back from 2-0 down, 15 minutes to go, came back and claimed a point. So Sophie, Sophie Bramford uh, got the comeback going, I believe, with about 15 minutes left. And then Royce and Cavell, who's uh, been on the score sheet quite a lot lately, we've mentioned her quite a bit, um, she scrambled home and equalised in the 94th minute to claim a point, um, which obviously our good friend Lou Roberts, I saw a post from on Facebook, she said she'd never been prouder of them all and they were... She was, you know, so chuffed that they managed to get something from that. So well done, uh, well done to the women. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, yeah, very good. Week, yeah, this week they've played bottom of the league, Loughborough Lightning at home. Uh, so another another home game, third Sunday in a row, uh, two p.m. kickoff, and a chance to move into the top half with a win if they can manage a win in that game. We we, we need to go, I think. We do. We do need to get down there, definitely. We've been saying it, right? We are, we are going before the end of this season. We are going. Uh, the little man wants to go, and I'm sure your girls want to go as well. So, 
Yeah. We'll drop we'll drop Lou a message. We'll make them uh, mascots for the day. I'm sure she'll be happy to oblige. So that's, uh, <laughs> she did offer. We, we, we won't let her forget it. That's fine. She did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Any other updates at all? Right. So I've got some loanee news for you. So Dan Malone, he was already been out on loan once earlier on this season. He's gone back to the club, and now he's gone out to the National League North side, AFC Fylde. So the other 21 side, he's gone there till the end of the season. Like I say, central midfielder, uh, he's been playing for the under-21s as well. So another guy getting out there, getting some experience, um, and hopefully standing him in good stead going forward in his career. Another mid- central midfielder, um, one who's been playing in the first team in, in um, seasons gone by, but a lot of Stoke fans probably have forgotten that he even exists. So Tashan Oakley-Booth, is on a season-long loan deal at Lincoln. Now, we've already checked in um, twice, I believe, so far. Uh, and he actually started the season off all right. Then they said that he would, he got in there, he showed glimpses of his ability. Uh, he started to sort of find his feet. Um, but, yeah, this is the latest update on Tashan's time at Sensil Bank. Tashan has been unfortunate. Um, he played really well at Bristol Rovers away. I think it was in September or October and hasn't really had much of a sniff since. Um, I think it's the form uh, of Matty Virtues really took him out of the team. Um, and then in January, because he was a loan signing, um, we signed two other loans in Luke Plange and Harry Boys, which took us up to seven. And obviously you're only allowed five in your matchday squad. So... Um, he was always going to be the one that fell out of favour, really, despite being Kennedy's first signing. We've also brought in a, a guy from St Mirren called Ethan Erahon, who's been fantastic and is a since he's come in on deadline day has been, uh, you know, a, a guaranteed starter, which pushes Tashlin even further down the line. So I don't think I don't think he took his chance when he got it, um, but also the fact that. We're quite stacked in midfield with the likes of Erehon, Virtue, who's injured, uh, Sanders, Sorensen. Uh, we've got loads of options in there uh, at the moment. So, unfortunately for him, he's uh, he's not going to be playing too much football between now and the end of the season. And I personally don't think we're going to um, look to purchase him either or, or take him at the end of his contract. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah. I think Tashan might be ending them back at Stoke or without a club in the summer. Um, yeah, so quite a few factors there. Some we're quite familiar with, with the extra loonies. Maybe just going to stall his progress a little there. Yeah. And he's not really going to come back here with the bit between his teeth to me in this situation. I can't see him. Like I say, if he returns to the club now, Apart from the fact he's, you know, a fully fledged professional, so he probably would land himself on the bench. <laughs> um, I couldn't see Alex Neal like being like, "Oh wow, this player is going to be going straight into my team," and what a difference he's going to make. No, you know, he's not. His career at Stoke's done uh, before it's really even begun. To be honest with you, uh, he is going to be so far down that pecking order, and I feel I feel for him really because obviously he's left Spurs and. 
you know, probably thought, oh, you know, I've got a, I've got a real chance here to try and make, make my mark. But um, yeah, he never really got into this, into his stride with Stoke. He had a couple of injuries. He was never staying fit. Um, and then, yeah, he's gone out on loan. Okay, fair enough. They've got seven loanees, but partly to blame, as per the audio, was the fact that they've been able to replace him. Um, and they're clearly, I don't know if there's a clause, we're not letting, letting him come back and sending him anywhere else. I'm not sure. Because if they've got seven low knees, they probably want to sack one off. So maybe we've got no one else who wants to take him, so we're just leaving him where he is. But either way, Stoke need to find a solution, I think, at the end of this year. Again, another one. You're right. I barely even remember him. I'm going to clue what contract he's on. So probably time that he moves on for a good of his, his own career. He must know himself that Stoke is not the place for him anymore. So, you know, he needs to go down maybe to League Two or wherever it needs to go and reignite his career. Because I swear he's 23 or 24 now. Um, he's getting on a bit. Yeah, he's, he's used to, a bit like we've said with Baker earlier on, he needs to find himself a home. Find himself somewhere where he can settle down and then concentrate on getting the best out of his ability. Okay, so um, let's look ahead now to uh, Millwall at home this weekend. I'm looking forward to another three points. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dan, only one place to kick off and that is with the stats. How are we looking? Right, so uh, we have played Millwall 58 times. We have 23 wins, 15 draws and 20 defeats. Uh, at home though, we've played them on 28 occasions with 17 wins, five draws, and just the six defeats. So not a bad home record going there. Uh, we've certainly had worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, we only have one win in our last eight games versus Millwall, uh, which goes back to 2018, but that was a 2-0 home win last season. Uh, despite that poor recent form against them, though, we have, we have five wins in our last seven home games against the team for the new den, uh, being defeated just once in those seven games. Um, the only Stoke player that I can see with a decent record versus Millwall is actually Phil Jogielka. He's got seven wins from 12 career appearances, gaining 23 points in that time. Uh, he hasn't scored against him, though, so maybe another looping header just to uh, notch himself up a goal. Um so you may remember a while back as well that we said that we had seven consecutive games where the fixture we the fixture last season we won. Yeah, I remember. This this is the last of those seven games. Hasn't time flown? Doesn't it? It's yeah. I thought we had a few more left, but clearly not. Yeah. So 
So obviously, like I said, the last this will be the seventh game in a row there we'd won this, the the same fixture last season. Of the six we played so far, we've got three wins, one draw, and two defeats. Um, so of the correspond, so we've got forty points this season, which means we are actually five points worse off than last season's total from the same games. If you uh, if you're getting what well, I mean, drift. Yeah. 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 Whilst we had 44 points after 34 games last season, so both metrics there we are falling a little. We're a little bit behind. However, I don't think we're too far away, considering that we've got a few games here that we didn't pick up many points in on both them as well last season. So a chance over the next few weeks if we can string a couple of wins together from uh, yeah, what still is a pretty tough set of fixtures. But if we can get a couple of wins. Then uh, we might just, you know, might be looking at a season that's not too dissimilar to what we've already had, considering we were, you know, we were looking at it not for most of this season, wondering, you know, would we even get fifty points? Yeah, yeah, it it, it may end up may end the season on a high note, shall we say? Yeah, and uh, that I think you know I think Alex Neal probably needs that don't he more than anything just to. Just to silence any sort of doubters or anything over the summer to give him, give him the opportunity to get and build his own squad. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he needs he needs to attract players. I mean, if we finish nineteenth, it's going to even with a little bit of money behind us next year, it's going to be difficult to attract new players. So. We've we've got to end on on something to say, you know. Well, actually, you know, we're only seven points away from the playoffs in the end, or what, however he wants to spin it. Um, that's the type of thing you need. Not oh yeah, we only stayed up by the skin of our teeth. Because yes, yes, money speaks. But... <laughs> we if if the if the season started when I arrived, who wants one of them stats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and I'm sure he'll he'll need something to cling on to. So, uh, but yeah. For, for his own good, he wants to go into next season. There's a lot of, well, we'll do an end of season review and t- look at people's contracts and stuff. But it's going to be a very different team next year. Um, a lot of dead wood to get rid of. Um, so team selections, Dan. Before we go into the referee uh, and bits like that, um, a tricky one. So the I think the only major, and then we've got a few players coming back um, this weekend. I think Selena's going to be back. I think he's, he was in the paper saying that he's, uh, he's tonsillitis, he was bedridden, and that's all kind of done now. Um, so he yeah, could come back. <laughs> I know he couldn't move. I was like, bloody hell, okay. Uh, so, yeah, pretty pretty, pretty bad. But obviously that also creates a, a little problem in a way because, you know, we're going to have Sarkic, we're going to have Axel, we're going to have Selena, we're going to have Smallbone. Um, who am I missing? We've got Hoover. Uh, we've got... So I think Sterling. Yeah. All of a sudden, then I mean, I'm, I'm sure I know. I know I'm missing one, but uh, either way, we, he's got to leave somebody out again. So, what's your team looking like, Dan? Because I think it's very harsh to change the team that's just beaten Swansea. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is like is fitness. I'd say you know somebody like a Pearson. Does he want to risk Pearson? You know, he's played that one game. He picked up a niggle. So he missed the Blackpool game. He's come back in, he's given another 90 minutes. Is he going to look at it and think, you know what, we've got another three-game week because we've got Brighton in the Cup, haven't we, on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Do I 
if I play Ben Pearson now, am I risking him getting an injury, another picking up another injury, or does he, or does he save him for um, Tuesday night? I mean, because the thing is, I mean, let's be honest, Gary Rowett's taking this very seriously. I don't know if you noticed, but Tom Bradshaw scored a hat trick when they beat Sheffield United last weekend. And then he dropped him to the bench when they played Burnley in midweek. So he's obviously resting him up. So he was all fit and firing for this game. <laughs> that's how important yeah. it is to Rower that he gets a win here. Um, that's obviously tongue in cheek. But it's, um, yeah, I just think he's a very, you know, you're going to get a physical um, physical uh, side, aren't you? We know what how, how he likes to set his teams up and, and you know what to expect, and you think it's right up Ben Pearson Street, but if he is maybe still carrying a niggle or not 100% fit, are we just sort of feeding into the lambs of this and risking him getting another injury? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, at first start, I can't believe I even forgot Ben Pearson was one of the loadies considering we've just been speaking about him, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it being half past 11 at night. Let's just go with that. Um, Ben Pearson isn't cup tied, is he? I'm, I'm trying to think because uh, he would have keeper is. <laughs> so the keeper is so that's one less loan to 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 worry about, and we'll we'll come on to the cup uh, in in a few weeks. But I'm just trying to think, yeah, the mechanics around if he, if they play at the weekend versus in the week. But I'm thinking, um, he may have just played in the EFL Cup for Bournemouth. It's going to come down to fitness. Um, Jags probably needs a rest, so Axel may be coming back in. Um, an interesting one. So I well, take he it you ill in the week once he did. Sorry, he didn't play against Swansea did because he was ill. So, no, and, yeah, but I mean, he's been bedridden. The thing is, as well, I mean, no offense if you're listening, Phil, but you're at that stage of life. Mm-hmm. These illnesses they take a little longer to recover <laughs> as you get older. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm referring to. I mean, it's, it's still he's still playing a lot of football, uh, I think, and um, it's not going to do him any, do him any harm. I would say with you know maybe a, a, a saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Maybe Millwall is the perfect game for Phil Jagielka. Uh, you know, physical game. We're gonna get that. Um, you know, he's. He's probably the perfect player. Maybe an Axel isn't quite the right centre-back for this one. Uh, But that's why I'm not a football manager and I'm not paid millions for the privilege. I'm sure Alex knows what he's doing. But yeah, so for me, I aren't really going to dramatically change the team. Um, Maybe there's a a slight change there, but uh, we we can't change that team. So it makes it a really easy one. Um, And I'm actually going to go, Dan, for a 1-1 draw. Uh, I know we kind of all got it wrong, didn't we? I think with Swansea, big shock. I said we'd win. I did say we'd did win. Did you? Oh, I thought you went for a one nil loss. No, I went for a victory. Oh, those two hell. points. Those two points took me joint top with Graham. Oh, I've lo- I've lost me um, mojo. I've lost my mojo. I've been top all season, and now you and Graham are taking over me. It says a lot, doesn't you know what it? It says. We've had a good run of form because me and Graham just keep predicting us winning every week. Yeah, and and the more realistic one, and now all of a sudden Stoke is starting to pick up. Yeah, you yeah. pessimistic one you are. <laughs> yeah, well, if anyone was listening last week, I think you you've chosen twenty four wins this season. It shows how bloody positive you are. Um, Graham's predicting nineteen, I think. If if all my predictions have come true, we'd be above Burnley, and probably no 
and probably no doubt playing Newcastle in the EFL Cup final on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you bloody did it delusional. Um, right, so anyway, I've asked you this twice. I'm going to ask you a third time. Who Are you, are you making any big changes to your team? No. Um, uh, Sarkic is in goal because we need to protect Jack Bonham for Tuesday night, of course. That's the only reason. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Sarkic is in goal. Uh, yeah, I think pretty to be honest. Yeah, pretty much as it was. Um, the only thing has probably been Jagielka can come in for Fox. Um, I did sort of worry a bit when I saw Morgan Fox was playing as an out and out centre back, but I thought mm. he did all right. Actually, I thought he did. But Ben Wilmot marshalled marshalled him through it all right. Because um, although he's you know he's he's played in a back three, he's played left back, playing. On the left of a two is probably a completely different game. Well, not probably, it isn't. It's a completely different position to playing on the left side of a three. Um, yeah. Totally different in regards of what your role is and where you know, where your positioning is and that. Um, and you know where where you take what positions you take up regarding where the ball is on the field and now whether you're in possession or not. And I thought he did it really well, to be honest. And like I say. Um, it was probably a big night for Wilmot as well. I mean, under under the radar in that. He's got a young lad at left back, a young lad at right back, a player playing out of position next to him. He's probably had to take control of that defence there, hasn't he? I mean, I don't know what Ben Pearson maybe did sat in front of him and whether he did a bit of, but another I mean, you mentioned it as well, haven't you, that Sarkic never shuts up talking. And maybe yeah. I mean I'd say I'm giving the credit there to Will, but you mean you don't know how much Circuit is just standing there and just that that's probably really helped Fox more than anything, to be fair. Uh, sorry, Ben, I'm gonna have to you know maybe take some of that away from you that I've just given you that praise. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I can circuit, yeah, actually thinking about it, the the the, the chatting that he's constantly doing with that defence, um, probably is helping the young lads and like I say, helping Fox in that situation as well. Sorry, what's Absolutely. the score prediction? Uh, yeah, so Jack's back in the defence. Midfield stays the same. Front three obviously stays the same. And I am going for 2-0 to the Potters. Oh, OK. So the returning Gary Rowett's going to have a bad day, is he? Yeah, another one. Like 2-0 last season. A 2-0 this season. And when they don't go up in the playoffs, it'll be 2-0 next season as well. <laughs> well, yeah, what? It's weird. We talk about like managers returning, which never normally ends very well, if I'm honest. But um, the thing with Rowett, last season, I remember him getting absolute pelters from the Millwall fans, um, saying he was boring football, who they were losing, a bit about Pulis, actually. He was either losing or winning 1 0 or boring draws, but he was getting slated for his rubbish football. And now the cat's in fifth place. And you now he's the, the Messiah. He's not quite, you know, God willing Messiah, but he's, he's a Messiah to him. So um, let's hope next season that's us with Alex Neal and, you know, the kind of reverse has, has occurred. But uh, we should have done a, a an ex manager's uh, heads up in terms of how many times they've come back and who's been on the receiving end. I, I'm, I'm contemplating changing my 1 1 prediction here. Um, because I can't really cope with you getting points for a win if that's the way it goes. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but how are you going to get yourself back if you just match our predictions? You're going to go against the grain. I'm just hoping I can maybe pinch a point somewhere else. I mean, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Five points. You're only five points behind. 
No, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Millwall are not a pushover. We, I know our form has picked up at home, but mm, no, they're, they're, they're a decent team. Um, I wish I'd never had to say that before, but they're a decent team. You know, they've they've just drawn one one with Millwall. Um, sorry, one one with Burnley. They've just beaten Sheffield United before that. They won it away at QPR. The last win away prior to that was the two games earlier. Um, their home form again before that that they haven't lost away from home. I don't think uh, for quite some time. So. No, they ain't going to be easy. 1-1, one, 100%. One, I'm picking up points this week. I wish I could predict a win, but I can't. Right, so if it ends 1-1, one, one, you will move on to 42 points and you'll actually be above me and Graham. There we go. It's written in the stars. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's your 12th draw that you've predicted this season. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. Um <laughs> Speaking of predictions, I think it's a perfect time to to speak about Graham. So uh, yeah, Graham, Mister Ever Ever Confident. Uh, I think he went for what? Where did he go? What did he go for last week? Was it nil nil? Swansea. Easy go for nil nil away at Swansea. Yeah, so went nil Swansea. A prediction, a prediction that lasted all of ninety odd seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's um, let's see which one he's gone for this week. Hello there, you Potters predictors. This is Graham McGarry once again, trying to get it right for a Stoke City game coming up at home to Millwall this weekend. Well, I'm pretty sure this week's been a good feeling having seen your side take the valuable three points out of South Wales and bring them back to North Staffordshire because that was an excellent victory over Swansea in midweek and now they're looking to build on it when they take on one of the playoff chasing sides in Millwall who are doing extremely well under the former Stoke manager Gary Rowett. His Millwall side, of course, had a good result themselves in midweek, holding the league leaders Burnley to a draw. But it's now the time for Stoke to build on that excellent win and those three goals. Can they get some goals in front of the home fans? Well, Millwall is always a tight side and a hard to break down. But I think Stoke fans, be patient, get behind your team, and you could be in for an excellent few days by backing up your win in midweek with a win at the Bet365. Tight game, not many goals. Stoke to edge it. Stoke 1, Millwall 0. Graham, thank you very much. So a 1-0 uh, a win he's gone for. So uh, you two have gone for wins. I've gone for a draw. Hmm. Okay. This could end up really badly for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Fine, Graham. Let's let's see how close you are. You've not been that bad recently. Um, Dan. Next up is the referee. Um, who have we got? Right. So we have got Tim Robinson. Oh, I know the name. Why? You know that name? Yeah, I don't know why though. Well, he's refed Millwall 15 occasions. He's refed Stoke on 10, 10 occasions. So in his 15 Millwall games, he's given them 21 yellers, not giving them a single red card, but giving them one penalty. In his 10 Stoke games, he has given us 24 yellers, one red, and awarded two penalties against us. Ooh, so, okay. He's had 20 championship games this season, brandishing 78 yellows, six reds, which seems quite a lot for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, and awarded three penalties. 
Those 20 games also have seen nine home wins, seven away wins, and four draws. Worth pointing out that we've still not been sent off this season. I can't believe we haven't had a single red card. We still have not, no. Uh, He's ref two Millwall games this season, and they have lost both of them. Okay. Uh, But he has not ref Stoke yet this season. So it must be like deeply ingrained into your head whilst you while you know him. Overall, with Millwall, by the way, um, he has what, what have we got here? So he has six six defeats, seven draws, and just the two victories for them uh, in their fifteen games. So yeah, just the two wins, two Millwall wins. Uh, whilst in his games ref in Stoke, he got three wins, three draws, and four defeats in the ten Stoke games in his career. Mm, not great, but okay, fine. Well, let's not leave it down to the referee, eh? Let's uh, let's make yeah. our own luck. I think, and that's the answer pretty much to every game. But all right, fine. Uh, let's. I mean, when was the last time? Oh, there is one for you, Dan. When was the last time we went a whole season without being sent off? Now there's some digging for you because that'd be incredible if we can do that. Um, I bet, bet many, I bet many teams haven't gone all all this season without a red card yet. So there you go, do some sleuthing oh, for the yeah. next podcast. I bet there's yeah, I bet there's not many. Um, this if we do manage to win, by the way, it'll only be the second time this season we've had back to back wins. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen then, is it? <laughs> oh, how terrible! That just shows the inconsistencies, doesn't it, of this this team? Yeah, <laughs> we've only had we've only won twice, you know. Back-to-back wins once all season, and with what thirty-four games in to this season now. Yeah, that says absolutely everything we need to know. Okay, <laughs> fine. Um, now let's look at a couple of more positive things, shall we? Uh, Super Six. I, you said I say, positive. I say <laughs> it with a raised smile. So. Um, yeah, I might not be top of the leaderboard for the predictions table, but I would like to point out that I've done well in Gaffer and I've done well in Super 6. But Super 6, I scored 12 points this week. Um, probably one of my highest of the season, if I'm honest. So I'm joint fourth. We've got Neil Finney, who had 17. Uh, Philip Kelso had 15. Matt Finney, must be brothers, maybe. Uh, 14. Paul Stokes, 12. Andrew Ford, 12. Me, 12. Mark Simpson, 12. Etc. 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 And then uh, we had Dan with a massive four points. Um, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yes. Yeah, which puts the top three uh, not really changed too much. So uh, Luke Jones three four seven, Nick Green three forty, Luke Higgins on three three five, and then uh, Gaffer updates. So again, one that does not change. These guys know their Gaffer. Uh, so Jack's team. So Jack ran two thousand six hundred and fourteen. Uh, Stoke Gaffer, 2,533, and the Pookie Blinders on 2,502. Dan, you're sitting in 22nd place on 1,766, and I've gone up, I think, five or six places, but I'm still only on 1,680. So, actually, I'm not that far, considering. I mean, I've not done the math, but I think it's about 100, I think, just less than 100. So, um Better watch yourself because, yeah, a couple of weeks. And, um, I mean, that's you, you advised me to change my gaffer team, and I did, so I changed it quite a bit. So, uh, you did. yeah, about 10 minutes after we start finished recording, 
Yeah, a bit longer than 10 minutes, about half an hour after you. I got a picture through an interview of your team. I was like, ah, he's done it. <laughs> yeah, so you need to watch We're your back now. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I just said on Super 6 as well. I was I was buzzing going into this game week. I was looking at it. I, I even looked for the month. I think I was third in the whole table for the month. I was like, oh, yes, I'm bossing this now. We're catching up. We're taking chunks, taking chunks every week out you out your lead. And then all of a sudden, boof, you've just, I think, is it nine points you've added this week? Twelve. Added back on to... No, oh, I, right, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, right, back to the drawing board. Start again. Um, well, I, am we'll, still, I am still fifth. John Oldfield's fourth for the month. Yeah, he's so, doing he's doing well, isn't he? Yes, you are. You're forty fourth, but no, on the way up, only fourteen points behind me for the month now. Yeah, I had a pretty so, bad well, one, Mark. Well done. I'm good. I'm going to be very uh, sportsmanlike here. Say, well done, Mark, for your good predictions this week. Thank you, Apart mate. Thank you. Results, of course. Yes. More, yes. Hope more so. Stoke games on Super Six, please. No problem. I will do my best. Um, right. So it's now 20 to midnight. We have to uh, get some sleep at some point before well, work for me, lying, lying in bed for you. Um, so uh, <laughs> we will be back. Uh, we have a podcast, obviously, the FA Cup podcast uh, that will be out on well, Monday. There's something to say about that one, isn't there? Go on, go on. We you have a special guest joining us, and we also have a say a, a special podcast that's going to be released this weekend. So it's Potter. Anyone... Potter's coming back. Graham <laughs> <laughs> Potter will be on the podcast. No, he won't be really. <laughs> so much much better than Graham Potter. Um, so you may have seen in the news uh, that the government have released what's called a white paper. Whatever you know about that, join us this weekend on the second podcast that's going to be coming out along with this one. Kieran Maguire, after how many hours had he been on the radio, Mike? Well, because of different people and that? He started at five o'clock in the morning and we were speaking to him at 10 o'clock in this evening. So there you go. Do the maths on that one, but a long time. Yeah, so he'd had a busy day, basically repeating himself on loop. Um, I bet he wished he just recorded it at the start of the day and <laughs> played it out to everyone. Because <laughs> he, um, but yeah, he'd been, I'd say, on so many different media outlets, basically talking about this white paper that had been released, and then he came and spoke to us about it. Um, so we're very grateful for his time, and yes, go and listen to that because, again, as always with Kieran, anyone who's listened to our, um. FFP podcasts when he broke that down he just simplifies it, things he's really good at what he does and just makes it um, just makes it sound just makes it easy for us to understand what's actually going on um, don't see behind the scenes and that exactly and then for the FA Cup pod he's going to be talking well in depth about Brighton so um, this isn't a an audio for a minute and a half, two minutes, which we, we do love doing. Um, but, you know, this is a lot more detailed, so you can get a bit more uh, around the players and stuff like that. So um, so that is pretty much us done. Uh, Dan, I'll let you get back to the, the pool of children, mate. I am now going to uh, go ahead down and I will uh, see you very, very soon. Indeed. See you soon. Bye, mate. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.